0: and welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe, leave us a five star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. We have a special guest waiting momentarily to join us. But Bo, tons of news as it relates to the Arizona Cardinals and their search for a new head coach. And we can't wait to get into it with our guest, Benjamin Albright. Bo, I just we're fired up today.
1: Yeah, we are because Benjamin Albright kind of reset who he thinks is going to be the next Arizona Cardinals head coach. He thought that as far as the new GM, Monty Ozenfort, kind of changed things as far as who they're going to approach. But the good news is, according to Tom Pellisaro, the Arizona Cardinals wide net. They cast it out there and they got one of the biggest fish as far as coaching candidates to interview. And you think that it's probably going to be tomorrow at some point because they're set to interview Aaron Glenn on Saturday right but D'Amico Ryan's according to Tom Pelosaro, expected the interview with the Cardinals and Colts this week as well pack schedule and advance the Sunday's divisional playoff game against the Cowboys cannot wait for that but we are excited to be joined by Benjamin Albright of course an NFL insider he talks about the Broncos on a daily basis on Broncos country he's going to join us here right now here on PHNX Cardinals Benjamin thanks for joining us my man
2: Hey, how you guys doing? Sorry I'm driving right now. It's the only time I can squeeze this in, so I apologize.
1: We appreciate it, man. Just safe driving practices
2: out there, all right? 10 and 2. Yes, yes, obviously. If I get in a a car wreck, just know it wasn't my fault.
0: Awesome. Benjamin, we saw you uh, blowtorching your driveway last night with regard to the snow. So, safe travels on the road. Cardinals want to take a safe route to their next head coach. And we're all up in arms today because D'Amico Ryans is set to interview But then there's news that potentially Ian Cunningham, the uh, executive for the Bears, said no to the Cardinals. Give us your level set kind of explanation of how external candidates are viewing this job. Is it a good job or is it grouped with these teams that are just, you know, stench of dysfunction?
2: Hmm. I think it's a bit of both. Uh, I think it is a good job. I think that the problem there is that there's a perception about ownership. Uh, there's a, a trepidation about the contract that Kyler Murray has and some of his issues. But, uh, I I will tell you that the coaching in the NFL comes with an inherent arrogance and it's a good thing. Like arrogance is usually associated with it, with it as a negative thing, but there's inherent arrogance that you can fix anything. Right. And so the right competitor, the right guy for the job is going to step up to the plate and say, look, give me the contract. I'm the guy to turn this thing around. Uh, the division and there's a little bit of. I think uh, I think the division has fallen back a little bit, um, you know, in the last two years. So I think it's, it's easy. It's more navigable, you know, than it used to be. I think that uh, obviously the Niners are still the Niners, but um, you know, the Rams have kind of fallen back, back to earth a little bit. And who knows how much longer McVay is going to be there. Um, You know, the Seahawks have kind of fallen back to earth a little bit, even with a monstrous, you know, nobody saw it coming performance by Gino. So I I think getting into that division is not bad. It's just that there, there seems to be, uh, a trepidation about ownership there, whether or not they're willing to spend, and 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 how meddlesome they'll be, and with the Cole Kime situation, um, and then you know you just gave giant extensions to Cliff and 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 Kyler, and and then you punt on Cliff, and, and you're the next guy is going to have to make Kyler Murray work, and that's a tough ask because there he's you know I, there are certain offenses that work in and certain ones he won't. So um, I think that uh, uh, it's not viewed as the top available job this cycle, but it's, I don't think it's the bottom one either.
1: Benjamin, you said that uh, as far as the coaching carousel goes, the Cardinals kind of had a reset with their hiring of Monty Ozenfort, and it seems like maybe the only candidate that would be turned off by Ozenfort would be Peyton, but how is this thing reshaping in your opinion?
2: Well, I mean, you're going to look at different candidates that you might not have looked at before. In fact, I'll break a little news for you now. You guys are going to interview John Gannon. That announcement will probably come tomorrow uh, that, that you'll get an interview for him. So Jonathan Gannon from the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator. Now, you have competition with the Houston Texans for him, but uh, you, will, you will at least interview him. So uh, something I hinted at on Twitter before, but I'll, I'll let you know that's going to happen. So uh, it'll, it'll change some of the candidates, people that he's tied to, worked with, has relationships with, things like that, I think will be more in play. Um, you know, it, prior to getting a GM, I think Sean Payton was very much on the mark. I think the fact that uh, you've got Monty in there, who by the way is very respected. Uh, I'll say that. It's not it's not a bad thing for anybody else, but for Sean Payton, that's not really his guy. And so I think that uh, I think that may put a little bit of a drag on, on any speculation there.
0: Well, let's pivot to one of Monty's guys. If Sean Payton isn't his guy, what about Brian Flores? A lot of people connecting the dots, the relationship dating back with the new England Patriots and the fact that Brian Flores was able to go into Miami and win games, win double digit games with a subpar roster and bad quarterback play. And then you think about kind of the hard ass nature of Brian Flores. Do you think that's the perfect marriage? And and when this, you know, hiring cycle is over, would you be surprised if, if Monty opts to go with his ex new England crony and, and Brian Flores?
2: I wouldn't be surprised by it. Um, there's some some things around the league because of the litigation. Uh, that, that there's some places definitely that Brian would not be welcome, but Arizona seems to be one that's free and clear. So I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. There is the relationship there. I don't think that that's out of the out of the realm of possibility.
1: You know the ratio of of coach interviews it's swaying heavily in favor of defensive guys. You just named another defensive guy in John Gannon. Uh, Who would be some intriguing offensive play callers that these defensive guys could maybe the Cardinals could pair up with to to take underneath or take Kyler Murray underneath their wing and get him back on track. Looks like we might have lost uh, Benjamin Albright. We'll try to get him back here shortly. But breaking some news here on the yeah. podcast, Johnny, John Gannon, another defensive coordinator uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been heavily tied to the Houston Texans job. He was a guy that was, was reported before even Black Monday that that was going to be the guy in Houston. But another defensive guy nonetheless. I mean, this is going to be it, – it really seems like it's trending towards the Arizona Cardinals uh, – maybe going with the defensive minded guy with the at the head coaching position so you know I mean maybe you can you and I can have this discussion as we work on getting Benjamin Brat, uh, back here is you know who who could be some offensive guys that you could pair with these defensive head coaches let's get Benjamin back here uh, on the pod Benjamin I was asking you know John Gannon enters the equation another defensive minded guy D'Amico Ryans Brian Flores Vance Joseph all these guys defensive guys who would be some offensive, play callers that the Cardinals could bring in to help with Kyler Murray getting back on track in 2023 when he returns from his ACL surgery.
2: I think the one name that jumps out at me is Mike Kafka. Um, I think that what he's done in various different places, I think it, it screams, "Hey, we got to get this mind in here because he's got to cater something that'll work uh, for for Kyler Murray. Uh, he works to the strengths of his quarterback, and that's what you're looking for out of an offensive mind. I don't know that Kafka is necessarily ready for a head coaching job, but certainly as an offensive coordinator, you'll want to bring him in, pick his brain. So I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, if they interview him. You could look at Dorsey, I guess. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the direction I would go, but uh, that that's another name that. I I think could be, um, I would not hire Eric B down there, but I'm sure that's a name that that will probably get run at some point. Uh Um, minds around the league. I mean, Shane Steichen is the name du jour. Um, you know, Steichen, of course, is the uh, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles, although I feel like he's Carolina's guy if, if Sean Payton doesn't go to Carolina. So, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes. would be, I think, the dream candidate. You know, Shane Steichen and the ability that he did to create an offense around Jalen Hurts and elevate him from a guy on his way out to a guy who's, you know, considered uh, possibly in the MVP conversation. So um, I, I think those are the names to probably look at.
0: So D'Amico Ryan's Benjamin has an interview with the Cardinals. It's been confirmed later this week. You know, you look at the situation with Byron Leftwich last year turning down the job, and I connect the dots, and D'Amico's going to have his pick of a couple different options, but none of them are ideal, right? There's not that perfect scenario. Do the Arizona Cardinals have a shot to get, I think, the number one coordinator on the market, or would be would he be inclined to go back to San Francisco and wait it out another season?
2: I think, uh, I think D'Amico's main play is over there in Houston, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, he has the connections there. I mean, there, there's, there's obviously a connection there to Monte support. I, uh, I like D'Amico Ryans. He's a very smart, very calculated guy. Uh, there were people that were saying that he was going to be a head coach his first year in the league as a player. So there's, you know, there's, there's been a long history of, of, of this coming for D'Amico Ryans. Would not be surprised if that name worked at all. My only question is who is his OC in that, uh, in that scenario? Because D'Amico Ryans is actually interviewing for the Denver Broncos job tonight. Uh, I don't think he's going to get it because they're looking for someone with experience, but uh, he is interviewing tonight. And my question is who is his offensive coordinator?
1: That's the biggest question that people are asking around here with all these defensive names. And you gave us a couple of great, great ones there, Uh, Benjamin. Let's talk about that Broncos job because you're so tuned into that. Does it seem like it's, it's, it's Peyton and then Dan Quinn and then everybody else Is, is that just the scenario that's working out there in Denver?
2: Uh, I wouldn't necessarily term it that way, although that's, by, uh, um, by the right also involved in this search and then George was, 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 so um you know and then they hired Nathaniel Hackett whoops on that one uh so you know I, I think uh you know I I prefer Dan Quinn simply because you don't have to give up the compensation and I think Dan's a better coach than people give credit for uh, but there are a lot of Broncos fans that are very much in on the Sean Payton train and I would say that's closer in the clubhouse simply because uh the but the compensation tra- trading draft picks all that that's going to be a factor
0: yeah, one last question, uh, Benjamin. Before we get you out of here, Vance Joseph interviewed with the team yesterday. Cardinal fans up in arms. Cardinal defense was not good last year. Is that a courtesy interview, or, or is he a real candidate? Do you believe for the job?
2: He's absolutely a real candidate, um, and and there's there's some uh, the idea there is that maybe you know maybe he's an interim you know or a, a guy that's only there for a little while, um, not as a long term. He he had some good points. First in as a head coach, not marred by the fact that he was trying to piece together what was left of their defense. The post, you know,
1: it's a tough connection. Benjamin Albright really appreciated his time, his insight. There broke some news for us that uh, yeah. it, it's not it's it's not out there in the public uh, on social media just yet. That. Uh, John Gannon, uh, the de- defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, will get an interview with the Arizona Cardinals. So really, really interesting there. But another defensive guy on the list there, Johnny. I mean, main takeaways for Benjamin Albright uh, as he joined us here on the show. Well, I thought, you know, it's interesting. You think, you know, we're all very much in the
0: minds that Brian Flores is the front runner for this job. And while he certainly is going to get an interview, I, I think that this is going to be a scenario in which Cardinal fans could be waiting a little while. Uh, He talked about it on his own podcast with Broncos Country Tonight. One of those scenarios is this team, these teams are going to vet because they have the chance to, because there's only five openings, these coaches several times. So I think, yeah. No, Maricopas, they got it together, man. Check out your boy, uh, you know, what is it, 1080p or whatever it is, uh, 4K. Uh, Let me... I don't know. Clear, I, I produce, but yeah, producer Emma's rolling over in her grave behind the Mac because how wrong I am. Um, I, I think that there are only five openings, obviously. And I think that there's one true toxic opening, in my opinion, in, in Indianapolis. Ten openings last year compared to five now. You can, I, I, I know Cardinal fans hate to hear this, you can afford to be selective. You can wait. You can interview everybody and vet the process. Goodness, Bruce Arians was one of the last people they talked to back in 2013. Now, that's in part, Bo, because they had been told no by a couple different candidates. And so I want to touch quickly on this because I think Cardinal fans, there's some insecurity out there, and I get it. Ian Cunningham opts to stay with the Chicago Bears, and that could be for a lot of different reasons. He Mm -hmm. interviewed. Maybe he didn't vibe well with Michael Bidwell. Michael Bidwell presumably offered him the job. But yeah. relocating your family, maybe he's hoping to get a job in the Midwest. We don't know the circumstances, but at least it's good to hear Benjamin Albright speak on Monty Austin Fort and the fact that he is well respected in this industry. Industry, and it's not just a flash in the pan panic hire. And I think that that's a concern for a lot of fans. Is was this just like the second coming of just oh oh shit? What do we do? And I look back last year. What happened in Jacksonville last year? The Jaguars desperately wanted Byron Leftwich. He told mm-hmm. them, no, they hired Doug Peterson. How did that work out for both those guys, right? Right.
1: Yeah, it didn't work out well for By- Byron Leftwich, who was officially fired today, along with a ton of other assistant coaches on that Bucks coaching staff. Uh, it was a mass exodus and in Leftwich. I see some people connecting the dots and thinking he could go back to the desert. And it's like, on my do not call list or do not answer list is, is Byron Leftwich. I've got that yeah. on there. I mean, it's, I know he had some success early on, but you know, that was supplemented by Bruce Arians and the greatest quarterback of all time. And you saw a massive drop-off once BA left that organization and he didn't have that, that, uh, that luxury of, of having BA help him along with the play calling. So um, left, which is, yeah now he's now he's looking for work. He, he went from yeah. being, you know, a, a kind of a trendy name as far as the head coaching market to a guy who's looking for a job just in any capacity at the NFL level. But look, you know, regardless of, you know how many guys he's looking at, as far as Bidwell's concerned, at the head coaching position, and that he was kind of given the thanks but no thanks from Ian Cunningham for the GM job. I think that the Cardinals absolutely saved face today by securing themselves an interview with the top newcomer, of the head coaching market. to I lines. I mean, that was, that was necessary because, you know, there was the request, the permission and the request granted to talk to Sean Payton. And for whatever reason, we don't know yet, nothing has entered, you know, the Twitter, Twitter streets on why not, you know, is it, is it just playing hard to get? Is it waiting to see how these other teams perform in interviews? Is it getting your GM up to snuff as far as maybe knocking out a couple interviews before setting one with with Sean Payton or is there just lack of mutual interest you know reported 20 to 25 million dollars per season plus a first this year and more I mean that's a steep asking price are they just like okay we're out on this so uh, I, I'm but, out I'm out yeah. on it
0: I'll, yeah, t- I'll give again, you my opinion on yeah. this whole Sean Payton scenario I saw that last night and you're talking about multiple first round picks 25 million I that to me Unless you're getting, you know, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady combination in their prime and you're guaranteed AFC championship games every year. Like, I love Sean Payton. I wanted him to be the next head coach of this team. But there are so many caveats that are coming with it now. If it happened, of course, I would be excited about it. But this whole thing where it's like he wanted both L.A. jobs, he wanted the Cowboys job. You would know going into it like he was your fifth or sixth choice and he's and it literally, he wants full control. He wants $25, $26 million a year. He wants multiple first-round picks, or New Orleans does. that. That's just too steep right now. For this franchise, I think we, we've we talked about it, Bo. This franchise has not maximized their ability to go into April and crush a draft, what, 20-plus years? They can't string together quality drafts. So let's give Amasi for the opportunities to say, I'm not Rod Graves, I'm not Steve Kime. I'm gonna put real value on the draft because we know with Kyler Murray who's making a premium $40, $45, $50 million a year. We have to hit on draft picks. The Denver Broncos and, and Bo and I were kind of talking off air. It's kind of laughable what they potentially could do. And we love our peeps at DMV <laughs> Yeah. The team is the team won five games. Russell Wilson's declining. You sell the farm for Sean Payton in that division with Mahomes and Reed and, and Trevor Lawrence and maybe Tom Brady if he goes to the Raiders. It just to me, Sean is not too good to be true but it's 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 almost like uh, i i don't even know what what we what you would get with that now because right. there's so many question marks it wouldn't even be it's not plug and play i guess right. is the best way i can put it
1: yeah and you almost credit you know bidwill and the cardinals for maybe not even entertaining that offer and not being leveraged against other teams right not not you know being used like they were in the Peyton Manning scenario or the Andy Reid scenario uh, to where they're like, okay, you know, Saints, if you're going to play a hardball, um, then you can go play hardball against Carolina and Houston. And, and you can let Denver pretty much negotiate against themselves. You know, I mean, yeah. you can, I mean, and, and they're going to put themselves, they're going to be the Rams without any, not even a playoff appearance. Like they have a longer streak of not being in the postseason than the Arizona Cardinals. The, the last time that the Cardinals were in the postseason or before last year, the last time the Cardinals were in the postseason, they had a run there that was right there coinciding with the Broncos, and the Cardinals made it last year, but the Broncos haven't made it since. It's been a long, long road, but yet they get all of this credit for being this good franchise because what John Elway did two decades ago and you know what they were able to do with Peyton Manning for a, a short spurt. This is a great point by Joel. I think we're going to try to get Benjamin back on
0: here momentarily. I know he's he's at home now, Bo said, and it has a better connection potentially, so we're working on that. Uh, Emma, if you could bring up this comment by Joel and why this is such a great comment. Peyton retired once already. He stepped away once. What's to say after one to two years, he doesn't retire again. Who does that sound like to you? And I love Bruce Arians, but they got burned a little bit on on Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians came here as the best coach they've ever had. Then he walked away, but then he came back and won a a championship with a different franchise. And yeah, we don't know all the factors as to why he stepped away from Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell. But man, it's like you got you you see somebody like Peyton up and, and let's call it what it is. And if we get Benjamin on, I know he labeled it this way. Quit he quit on the Saints now, and he could just go and easily come back and coach the Saints. He's not going to do that. So it's like you give up a premium for him, and you get a couple nine and eight seasons and no division titles because you're in a com, com, supremely competitive division. What's if to say he's like five He's like I'm going to go hang with my kids, I'm going to go do TV again. Right. My Cardinals, sorry about those two first. That is a tremendous point, Joel. that I don't think enough people have made because this is not some 45-year-old. I mean, he's older. He's got his Super Bowl, too. That's what you have to remember. He he's not fat and happy in terms of his physical appearance, but these guys get fat and happy as coaches. They mm-hmm. want more power and they want to do less, right? Yeah. I I the Andy Reads, they're rare. The Bill Belichicks, they're rare. A lot of these guys, they get their title, and they get their championships and their division titles, and it's easy. I mean, do you You got to work hard to come to the Cardinals and win. Sure as hell, we've seen that. It's difficult to win here. Do you want to put in the time to turn around a culture?
2: Right. The
1: great ones do, but his mentor Bill Parcell did. But it's, it's hard, Bo. Yeah, it really is. And not often, you know, a season into it, do you get gifted – Tom Brady, you know yeah. that that's what Bruce Arians was was given. I mean, after a seven and nine season, after a thirty interception season from from Jameis Winston. So you know, sometimes you're better lucky than good. But you know, Sean Payton obviously has a proven tra- track record. But when you're looking at what the cost is to to get into the negotiation and be a legit player for him, it, it's a ton. I mean, it's 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 pretty much uh, you know Avengers. It's like what what did it cost? Everything for the most part for a guy like uh for a guy like Sean Payton. It's it's insane. Like 20 to 25 million per season plus huge draft capital going forward. All right, let's let's try this one more time. We got yeah. some great insight already with spotty connection. We're gonna bring him in with some with solid, rock solid connection, not Maricopa connection, Johnny Venerable. Hey. This is actually hey. <laughs> this is the good stuff. Let's bring back on Benjamin Albright here on PHX Cardinals. Benjamin, thanks for joining us one more time. We really appreciate your
2: time. No worries. Thanks for stopping through my crap connection there. I, uh, I apologize okay. for, of, for of driving. So,
0: Benjamin, let's 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 get down to brass tacks with Sean Payton because Bo and I were playing devil's advocate here for the past five minutes. I've listened to your podcast, the Sean Payton saga. It feels a little bit like fool's gold, does it not? With the amount of money, with the amount of picks, the lack of winning without Drew Brees, and now this dog and pony show that's going on right now, where he wanted the LA jobs, he wanted the Cowboy job. Like, where does the Peyton saga stand for you as somebody who covers the Broncos and the league right now?
2: I'm a little worried about it, man. I'm not the biggest Sean Payton fan when it comes to all this. I mean, all things being equal, I think I'd I'd be okay with it. But the fact that you're giving up draft capital, and it's not my money to spend, so I don't care what the salary is. But right, um, you know, as far as giving up the draft capital and everything else, I I just I don't know. I, what has Sean Payton ever done without Drew Brees? He got his play calling duties taken away when he was the offensive coordinator for Jim Fassel. Uh, he turns around, and goes back to Parcells. Claims he discovered Tony Romo. That was the scouting department. He turns around, parlays <laughs> that into a, into a job in, in New Orleans. And I'm not saying he's not a good coach because he's obviously a good coach. But is he a great coach? And that's sort of that's sort of the thing here. I mean, Drew Brees was Drew Brees before he got to Sean Payton. Uh, if you go back and you look at that season he had, and I believe it was 2004 with the Chargers. Uh, on a per throw basis, it was superior statistically in almost every season he ever had with Sean Payton. He just threw the ball 250 times less, uh, so the raw totals don't look as high as they did, um, you know, in in the prime years with with Sean Payton. If if Sean Payton were the be all end all, then why in the season he was suspended uh, and and went to uh, for bounty gate? uh, did, did the saints score 460 something points and he comes back the next year and that total drops to 414. And that wasn't an aberration. The year after that was 401 the year after that was 408. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that I'm like, well, wait a minute. If Sean Payton was the reason for the success, why were they scoring fewer points with him? Um, you know, there, there's, there's other things to this too. I've had people reach out that worked with him that, that say he throws everybody on the bus and all that. There are other people that like him, but it's, it's not to say that everybody hates him, but there are people that worked with him that don't like him. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I look at the situation. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Is he the Marty Schottenheimer of passing? You know, is he the guy that's going to win you a lot of regular season games with his style and then you're going to get to the playoffs and not? Um, it's you know, it, it, I think it's a valid question if you're going to trade that many draft picks for a guy whose Super Bowl came back when Josh McDaniels was in his first season coaching for the Broncos.
1: That's you crazy. can't disagree with it. I mean, I think it's it's a huge part of the story when you look at uh, him trying to get back into the coaching ranks, you know, from working at Fox. And we've seen the conversations he's had with with Colin Cowherd on, on uh, you know, national radio and television and stuff like that. Is it is you know, it surprise you that how, how much he's playing ball with the Saints and letting them, you know, ask the world for, you know, making a deal to bring in Sean Payton as much as it's, the draft capital it's going to cost?
2: Well, he doesn't really have a choice. I mean, if he wants to get back into coaching, he's got to play ball. Um, you know, for a guy that quit on his team like that, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's – at the end of the day, you, you really don't have a choice. They've got your contract. You you sign that contract. That's that's what you got to do. Um, I – you know – I think he's trying to do that that way because it makes everybody look happy with the situation, even though they're obviously not. If Sean Payton really just wanted to get back into coaching after one year, why didn't he go back to the team he quit on? I mean, you know, if you think they really wouldn't punt on Dennis Allen and his 25% career winning percentage for Sherman Payton? You know, and and the other question I have here is, you know, if Sean Payton's the be-all, end-all, why would they consider trading him in division? You know? Like, why would they, treat, you know, kid a Carolina? So, I mean, and, and to be fair, I mean, I'm being a bit glib because, yeah, he he probably should have gone to another Super Bowl with that bad call. I'm not going to give him the Minneapolis miracle. If you if your players defended better, you would have, you know, they would have whatever. But I'm not going to give him that one. But I will give him the bad refereeing call. That was that's that's not his fault. Um, so, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I'm like, well, what separates Sean uh, Sean Payton from Mike McCarthy? You know, mm-hmm. uh, both of them had elite quarterbacks, won one Super Bowl that entire time and, you know, couldn't get it figured out the rest of the time. That's Super Bowls are hard to win. It's not an easy thing. So I don't want to discredit the fact that he won a Super Bowl. But I just want to say the the I feel like the the legend of Sean Payton far outpaces the productivity of Sean Payton.
0: Ben, the Cardinals have brought in a couple of different names that could be viewed as head coaching options, but also maybe offensive coordinator options, depending on who they opt to sign as the head coach. Could you see a Frank Wright coming here and being in the OC or on the flip side, could you see Brian Florence coming here in the right scenario with the right head coach and, and being in the DC? Are some of these early interviews in, in round one kind of feelers for Monty and Michael Bidwell to say, yeah, maybe he's not our head coach, but we could circle back and see if he'd like to come and be a coordinator.
2: I think so. And and I think it's more likely that Frank is an OC than Brian's a DC. But okay. mm-hmm. uh, I think that I, some of those interviews are like that. It, teams do do that. Uh, some of these interviews are not interviews for any position at all. Sometimes you want to pick the brain of an organization. Sometimes you're like, why was this organization doing this? I want to pick this person's brain, and see what the thought process is. Happens all the time. The Denver Broncos uh, interviewed Eric Bieniemy in the last coaching cycle. They had absolutely no interest in hiring Eric Bieniemy, and Eric Bieniemy will never be hired by the Denver Broncos as long as anyone that saw his tenure at uh, as uh, at CU uh, as an offensive coordinator is anyone alive that saw that. He will never be a Bronco. But, but you know, they want to pick the brain of the Chiefs organization. What are the Chiefs thinking in these kinds of things? What are they doing with this? Philosophically, what are they doing? So some interviews may not make sense, and that there may be a reason it may not make sense, is they may not be a real interview. It may be an interview where you're you're just trying to kind of get a pulse of an organization that you kind of had your eye on, and like, why do they do these things? I want to know this.
1: The last time the Arizona Cardinals were in this position, Benjamin, from the clouds came Cliff Kingsbury, one of the weirdest ascents to a head coaching position in the NFL in the history of the game. Who is a dark horse that you could give us that could potentially enter the conversation?
2: Uh well, you know, I already talked about John Gannon, so that that probably would yeah. be what I would say. But I, um, and I still think he's going to Houston, but we'll see. Um, as far as uh, uh, you know, any other names? I mean, I I've seen all kinds of ridiculous floated out there from Lincoln Riley to which is not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, those those kinds of things. I, I you know, I maybe. Um, I, I, I still think Shane Steichen is a guy they should talk to. Mike Kafka is a guy they should talk to. Go look at guys that um, that elevated the offenses they were in, that changed things and elevated the offenses they were in. If you can find those kinds of guys, um, then you know maybe that's you. Why haven't they interviewed Luke Getze? You know, Justin Fields looked washed, and Luke Getze changed the offense around mm-hmm. and got productivity out of his legs. He's still going to have to grow as a passer, but in the, at the end of the day, I mean, Luke Getze got success out of Justin Fields. I mean, he was throwing game sealing interceptions, but at least they were in the game. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, find guys that elevate the, op- don't, don't go to a successful organization and say, I want a piece of that. Go to an organization that traditionally wasn't successful, that's experiencing it now and be like, I want a piece of that. You took, you took bad and made it good. And while some people could make the counterpoint that Sean Payton did that with the saints, I would say maybe try to find a guy who didn't do with an elite quarterback.
0: Ben back to the Vance Joseph piece. Cause that, I think it terrifies Cardinal fans. Is that a <laughs> potential reality? And so, My biggest thing was if Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris got this job, that seemed like a real possibility. But why would Monty Austin Ford, who has options, as you mentioned, is well-respected around the NFL, hitch his wagon to Vance Joseph, at least in the interim, when he could go out and get his own guy? It just doesn't make any sense unless you're Michael Bidwell and you say, like, you have to keep Vance. I don't get that at all.
2: Well, I think the thought process behind it was Michael Bidwell knew he had to fire Cliff, but at the same time, did not want to pay Cliff and Sean Payton to be coaching his football team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Coaching contracts are fully guaranteed, so paying out that much money is 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 rough, especially since you just had to put a whole bunch of money in escrow for the uh, for the Kyler deal. So uh, when you're when you're uh, I don't want to say cash strapped because that's the wrong word, but when you're when you're hurting uh, for cash relative to the NFL, that can sort of be a problem paying multiple coaches at the same time. And, and and all that. Um I, I think Austin Fort will, will cast a, a pretty wide net. I don't think Vance Joseph is uh in play necessarily anymore. I think that's the if all else fails at this point. Yeah. Um so I, I wouldn't say that Vance, I mean you know, Vance is a player's coach. I, th- I think he's, he's better as a head coach than a DC, in my opinion. Um, but he's also like, you know, and I don't know how many of the pressers you guys have watched, how many great weeks of practice did you have? Uh, because that was all he ever said at his press cop. Well, we had a great week of practice. That's <laughs> all he ever said as the head coach when he was doing pressers here in Denver. Um, and then he kind of lost that team, you know, kind of after a while because uh, after the, you know, the defensive schemes that he was running were putting guys on islands and really kind of stressing what it was that they were doing. So End of the day, um, I, I don't think Vance Joseph is a horrible hire. If you're the if you're the Cardinals fan base, I wouldn't melt down about it. I w- I'm not saying I'd be happy about it, uh, but I wouldn't melt down about it. He's got previous experience. He's going to be better in his second go as a head coach. And he certainly knows this roster. Uh, the one thing about Vance I will say is Vance is a phenomenal talent evaluator. Um, that's part of the reason that got him the gig. He was one of the guys in Cincinnati and in Miami who made some incredibly good personnel decisions. Like, we need to get this guy. So that's a strength of his. Um, if, if they do keep him around, this is something to kind of keep your eye on. Um, but no, I, I don't think Vance is still in play for the head coach. I think that's if everything else fails, they'll default to that.
1: I, I mean, the lack of development from two first rounders, like Isaiah Simmons and Zavin Collins and the and the lack of playing time they saw early on, I, I think that's an indictment on, on Vance Joseph and how they, poorly they played this year. But let me just ask you this, Benjamin, obviously You kind of know what's going on. You've got the pulse going around the league. What would the Arizona Cardinals have to do to maybe become a front runner for the services of somebody like the Mika Ryans?
2: Uh, I think you've got to offer him a long term deal. You know, the traditional first time head coaching contract is like three or four years. Right. Yeah. I think you need to offer him like a six year deal because that says we're committed to you. We're going to have to pay Cliff Kingsbury we're not going to fire you and be paying three coaches at the same time. We're just not going to do it. So you offer him a, you know, a a little bit of a premium in terms of the money, but a longer deal. I think that that says, Hey, we're invested in you. We're going to, we're going to see your vision through. And that's what's so scary for a lot of these coaches. It's the reason a lot of coaches get scared off. They don't want to blow their shot and get, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, where all of a sudden expectation changes because you've got this this all world quarterback that you just traded for. Now you've got this coach who is expected, was expected to grow on the job. Now he's got to win now. Uh, And then he gets fired in his first season. So now he's blown his opportunity to ever be a head coach. Who's going to hire Nathaniel Hackett again after that? And who knows what he could have been after three years? Um, you know, nobody's good at anything the first time they do it. It takes time to, you know, it takes time to grow. Now I felt like Hackett needed to be fired. He was in over his head, but at the same time, like coaches look at that stuff and they say, well, that organization is quick to pull the trigger. I don't know if I want to hitch my wagon to that because that might take me two or three years to get this team where I need to get it.
0: Ben, your, your big supporter, Dan Quinn, the defensive head coach is kind of out of vogue right now. And the Cardinals are focusing as are the Broncos outside of a Sean Payton on defensive head coaches. Why is it maybe a good fit for the Cardinals to get a DC slash, I don't know, like an executive type of head coach to clean up their mess as opposed to, you know, another offensive guy like Cliff Kingsbury.
2: Well, typically, what happens in the league is you go, you kind of the pendulum swings the other way. After you do one thing, then you kind of swing it the other way because you know you feel like that um, if if you're if you had an offensive coach and and he did really well, usually the defense was the reason you're losing, right? So you swing the other way, you get somebody to fix the defense and hope the offense stays good enough. That's that's kind of how things work in the league. Um, I as far as focusing on defense, I don't know that. I mean here's the thing. There's, there's no correlation at all, none between how good a coordinator is and how much they, be, how good they are as a head coach. There's no correlation. Um, there is correlation between people having been in executive roles and carrying that success over. Um, typically coaches fail in their first try. They, they do a lot of them look at Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, look at all you know, a lot of coaches do you get another try. You kind of, now that you know what you know, and there's not any unknowns to it, you, you tend to be better at preparing for that. Um, so I, you know, I I don't know that a defensive guy or an offensive guy or whatever really needs to, to be the focus. I think you just need to figure out the guy who's got the best plan. Who's got the plan to fix this? And who has yeah. the best succession plan? Who has the best backup plan? Like, let's, let's let's put it this way. Let's look at it from the Broncos perspective for a minute, right? If you're a coach and you're you're being interviewed, and the first thing they're going to say is, what's your plan to fix Russell Wilson, right? The way you wow that that group is you don't say, well, here's my plan to fix Russell Wilson. You say, here's, here's what I'm going to do for Russ. Here's what I'm going to do if it doesn't work. You know, and so and so that's the thing having a plan. If your plan fails is the biggest thing. That's what Nathaniel Hackett didn't have. And so what you need to do to be a successful coach is when things go wrong, what are you going to do when you hit a four game losing skid because it's going to happen at some point? What's your plan? What's your message to the locker room at that point? Hey, this hasn't been working. We took a we took a step back. We figured it out, guys. We got a plan. Trust me. Believe in me. I got you. Let's go out there and do this. Who's who's the guy that does it? And so I think I think understanding that and understanding the components of, of leadership overall is the big thing. It's I always hate it because, you know, last year during the cycle, I wanted Dan Quinn for Denver as well. And everybody was telling me, everybody in the world, well, you need a hot young OC, hot young OC. Well, they got one. And we saw how that turned out. And I'm like, no, you just need the best guy for the job. Yeah. And, you know, having that plan and not just that plan, a succession plan, too, because if you're successful, people are going to snipe your coordinators, right? Yeah. So what's your plan to replace them? Kyle Shanahan is a master at that. You know, look at the, you're talking about Demico Ryans. He's the replacement for Robert Sala, right? So... You know, a, a, an example of a guy who didn't have a good succession plan is somebody we talked about earlier, Frank Reich. His staff got picked apart, and then he had you know guys that weren't up to the task as replacements, and that's part of what got him canned in Indianapolis. So you, you need to when you're interviewing for a head coach, those are the questions you need to ask. Not schematic, you know, are you going to run dagger or Mills or you know slant? What, what's your primary play on third and one? You know, nobody cares about that. Tell me, tell me what your plan is to to be the architect of this thing, and show me that you've got the smarts to hire the right coordinators to execute it, and you're my guy.
1: Been so generous with your time, Benjamin Albright. Real quick, I don't think we ever covered this. It might have been in between hits here. Do you think that the Cardinals ever actually interview Sean Payton? Do you think he'll ever get to that moment, or do you think that ship has sailed?
2: I think a lot of that hinges on Carolina. If he gets Carolina on the hook and Carolina and Denver's bidding each other up, then I think no. Um, I, I think uh I think if Carolina isn't really interested, he needs another party because everybody and their mother knows he's not going to the Texans. So um, you know, you, you I think that that's the point where he tries to get Arizona involved, whether that's leverage, whether that's serious interest, who knows? Because I mean, two months ago he was saying he wasn't interested in Denver. So
1: yeah.
0: Benjamin Albright, I'm gonna put uh put you on the spot as we get you out of here. You got a little extra scratch on DraftKings. Who are you putting your money on as the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? Doesn't have to be uh, an you, official prediction, but somebody that you like.
2: You got the you got the odds in front of you at, at Curiosity. I don't have them. In front of me. Brian
0: Flores is the favorite at plus three hundred. Peyton's at yeah. plus three fifty. Flores. I'm taking at plus three hundred. Yeah, I'm
2: taking Flores at plus three hundred. Absolutely.
0: Excellent. That's Benjamin Albright, NFL Insider, the host of Broncos Country tonight. So generous with your time, Benjamin. We hope to have you back, my friend. Thanks, absolutely,
1: man.
2: guys. Yep. Yeah, take care.
1: Fantastic stuff, man. I mean, there. I mean, we covered it all. We did. We did. Uh, you know, spurts about ten minutes here, ten minutes there with Benjamin Albright. Did about half hour with the NFL Insider and broke some news while we were at it as well. All for you. All for you. That's right. And the Arizona Cardinals. We still. Do you feel more comfortable about you know who's going to be the next head coach yet, Johnny? I. You know. I. I've been feeling good about Brian Flores for a few days, but I. You know what? I like D'Amico
0: being in the mix. Keeps things. Yeah. Keeps things spicy, Bo. You can get spicy on DraftKings, by the way. The divisional round right around the corner. All new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout. You do the step-up same-game parlay boost. is fantastic. You can dabble on NFL future odds. As we just mentioned, Brian Floor is now the prohibitive favorite, plus 300 to be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that promo code PHNX, friends, and new customers can place a $5 bet on any divisional round, and you get $200 in free bets instantly. You only have to win your game. Just take a five spy if you're a new customer, type in those four digits, PHNX, $200 in free bets. Bam, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo.
1: The waters are murky as far as who the next Arizona Cardinals head coach is going to be. But here's what's not murky, what your favorite Four Peaks beer is. And you can have more than one. You can't have more than one head coach, right? You don't want that. But as far as Kilt Lifter, wow. You got the Hazy IPA. You've got the new stuff like the Recreational Juice. How about Dank? It's a, uh, I believe it has a little hints of cannabis in it. You've got the Staycation Ooh. Super Juicy IPA. The, the list is endless. They're always doing stuff with their bourbon barrels out there. Have you ever had like a bourbon barrel Raj IPA? It's unreal. You can only have like one of them, and or you're going to need a, you know an Uber home. That's for sure. But Four Peaks, you want to go there. You want great atmosphere, great beer, great beer. That's where it's your one-stop shop for all of it. You want to go watch the Suns play hoops. You want to watch the Yotes play hockey. You want to watch some NFL playoffs playoffs yeah four peaks has got playoffs. it for you do it this weekend hang out there have some great beers i'm uh i'm headed to the senior bowl with our guy shane here in the next couple of weeks first stop yes. i'm making in the terminal is the four peaks there before we get on our flight gonna have a couple of tasty beverages and great food as well gotta be 21 years or older check out more about four peaks four or i strongly recommend you just go have a great old time at their eight straight brewery there in tempe gotta be 21 years or older though
0: I, the insight from Ben was invaluable per usual, but also it helps because the Broncos, the team he primarily covers on top of being an NFL insider is looking for a head coach. They're interviewing a lot of the same people and they're dealing kind of with the same quarterback drama issues that Arizona has a little bit. either yeah. Murray, not coming off his best year coming off an ACL Russell Wilson. Is he washed? Is he a problem? I mean, that just, I love the analogy at the end talking about just the right person for the right job. Doesn't matter what side of the ball. And you know you can make an argument. Do the Cardinals have more talent on the defensive side of the ball? Young talent that would be appealing to a it, D'Amico, Ryan's, or Brian Flores. Um, let's get to some of your takeaways here in the chat. And Bo Brock, what stood out to you, my friend?
1: I mean, the Gannon thing's interesting. Another defensive guy. Uh, it, it's you're still going to be on the look. You're going to be part of a a very crowded market. For an offensive uh, play caller, regardless of what you do at the, at the uh, head coach spot. I mean, if you go with the defensive minded guy, you're going to have to find somebody. Yeah, that's going to have to collaborate and work with Kyler Murray to to take this offense and get it back on track. Uh, and, and you look at it, it's like we I, I love in the comments, something we've talked about since Frank, Wright The report. Broke, that he was interviewed, that he could be not only a head coach candidate, but he's he's interviewing for OC positions. You got to assume mm-hmm. that the Cardinals could be in play for that, but eleven openings, right? So you've got Frank Reich, you got Greg Roman, who was just fired today, or mutually uh, parted ways with the Baltimore Ravens after some successful seasons with Lamar Jackson, Byron Leftwich. I think you can maybe not go down venture down that uh, that that as far as left, which is services bill O'Brien, you've brought up, uh, you get, you, you almost got ratioed just as bad as you did suggesting Greg Roman today. Hey,
0: wait a minute. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay, because sure. all I put out there was, Hey, I think it'd be a home run if the Cardinals hire right. Brian Flores as their head coach. And they, they took, uh, Greg Roman as their OC. Right. And Lamar Jackson, when he's with Greg Roman, wins MVPs, Kyler Murray with Greg Roman could do some good stuff. Right. And then everybody, it's like everybody's on Hollywood Brown's payroll today on Twitter just saying, <laughs> What about Hollywood? First of all, Hollywood Brown's got a lot more problems than that. And, and he's coming off an issue with Steve Kime being the one that acquired him. And Steve Kime is gone now. And you've got Christian Kirk, who was the receiver they let go, who had a thousand yards and is the you know the postseason hero. So Hollywood Brown just needs to just needs to have a good camp and stay healthy. He's right. not dictating who the OC is for this team. But do I see the irony? Of course. And again, if you guys don't, if you guys don't want Greg Roman, like, hell, if he interviews, we're gonna you bet your sweet ass we're gonna talk about it. I may like it, but I, I get it. 90% of the fan base does not. And then Bill O'Brien, yeah, that I was an easy target after that. But that that is connecting, truthfully connecting the dots with Austin Fort and Flores and Bill O'Brien, all from their time in New England. For sure. But he had an he had an interview today
1: in New England. Yeah, and did I see that uh, Sean Jefferson? Did I see that he's going to interview in New England? Is that somebody say that in the chat? We'll have to uh, fact check that. But yeah, um, is Greg Roman? Let's not completely poo poo that. As it's a great point as far as Lamar Jackson and his MVP season. He was, of course, the OC there. uh, As far as the wide receivers that he had to coordinate, and they would definitely have a different game plan. You would think that there would be less less running now. Kyler obviously has the ability to run, but he's not uh Lamar Jackson and he's not as limited as Lamar Jackson is in throwing the football so I think Greg Roman would be more apt to put more pass plays in his offense also he has better receivers than he's really ever had in Baltimore as well so look let's not completely just like I said it's going to be a crowded market for- we got a long
0: way to go before we, we start do talking about we do days, but man. to
1: completely say no to that then then bring up some some solid alternatives you know, because right now there's there's a ton of guys looking for work. There's a ton of openings. You know, Todd Munkin is somebody that brought up from Georgia. Garrett Riley from TCU went to Clemson. Lincoln yeah. Riley's brother. Uh, I think that's somebody you should maybe check in on. Uh, always, always good to cut. I mean, what he did with TCU this season was pretty incredible. Uh, you know, he's got a good pedigree. I mean, his, his brother is one of the best offensive play callers right now, just uh, college or pros. Uh, there there are a couple options out there, and, and then there's the names that people that aren't household names just yet that you hope that uh Monty is on top of, that he's gonna be kind of forward thinking and, and pluck somebody out that he can kind of pair with Kyler Murray if they go with the defensive mind and head coach.
0: I, I'm I'm with uh I'm with Benjamin. I don't think Frank Wright's a serious contender for this job. Yeah. What does it sound like? Guy gets fired by his team, Cardinals hire him, Cliff Kingsbury guy Frank Wright getting fired from Indy and you're going to hire him to be your head coach right away I don't know I don't love those optics I also don't not sure I love Frank Wright's offense for Kyler Murray I, I think it's it's embedded in those Wizenhunt hunt seven step drops now I know he's he's evolved but man anybody has watched his team it's a lot of under the you know the center not a lot of movement a little bit archaic and yeah. I think he's a good coach And if you wanted to come here as an OC, I I could be on board with that. But as like the head coach for this team to light a fire under this team, I just, to me, it's like, that's like, you know, vanilla paint to me. That's just, it it doesn't do anything for me. Like people are scared to death of Brian Flores.
2: Vanilla
0: vanilla. paint, you know, the (laughs) the paint that Bruce Arians, right? The the vanilla paint. Brian Flores scares the shit out of everybody for better or worse. And I, I love that. Like if, if Brian Flores was hired tomorrow, Everybody immediately just sits up in their chair like, oh, shit, there's no more screwing around. Remember that clip from Hard Knocks? You guys probably don't remember too many because there there weren't many memorable (laughs) clips from Hard Knocks. But remember that when (laughs) Michael Bidwell, Bidwell, like the Kool-Aid man, came in that beginning of that first episode and was like, (laughs) bam, hey, everybody, slackers, everybody's slacking off in here. Remember And he took court and he's like cutting corners, you think freight right? Is gonna come in and take care of that, or you think Brian Flores is gonna come in and kick ass and take names. Just remember that clip. We may have to ask our buddies at Hard Knocks. So we can get access to that clip because it's it's one of those where you're just like, Oh man, he knows Cliff Kingsbury is not buttoned up with this team, and that's why I push back on all the Vance Joseph bullshit. Vance is in charge of his defense, he's the CEO right. of his defense. Yeah. His defense wasn't buttoned up. Those no. guys weren't that's not a button up unit. They need they need new people external. When you when you need a company to be to be revetted, revamped, you're not promoting from within. You're bringing externals in. I'll get the external guys coming in today.
1: Pretty, the fact, to fact that sure they're I'm gonna there. talk to Brian Flores, that they're gonna talk to D'Amico Ryans and, and what those guys have done and, and the players that have developed in New England and Miami and, and San Francisco under those two guys, and just that they have that on that resume and they can point to the tape, Buda Baker, that they yeah. can tape to they can point to the tape. And and they can show where these guys have taken massive strides. And, you know, I know Fred Warner is a proven commodity and Nick Bosa. But then you look at, you know, lots of other guys on that San Francisco defense that have developed over the last two years under Ryan's. It's undeniable. I mean, hopefully it shows up in the conversation, but it shouldn't have to. I mean, you just look at, you know, the data that you have on those two coaches. And I think it separates them already. I don't think Vance Joseph doesn't have the ability to do that. The only way he's going to be able to do it is smooth talk is sweet talking, you know, uh, Monty Ozenfort and, and Michael Bidwell a little bit. And I, I think that that potential is sailed. So, you know, it, I, I think that it's they're, they're going to separate themselves in the interview. And to your point, as far as, you know, you kind of, perking up in your chair. Did you see Kenny Pickett talking to Cam Hayward today on and Hayward's pa, uh, podcast, or it was recently, oh, yeah. and saying that Brian Flores, you know, with all the rumors and speculation that he had this disconnect with his offense there in Miami, he yeah. helped Kenny Pickett with the two-minute drill. Coach Flo yeah. uh, to Kenny Pickett was incredib- incredibly instrumental in him turning things around from the Pittsburgh Steelers that were one and seven to the Pittsburgh Steelers that finished the season miraculously over 500. Uh, You have to love to hear stories like that because Brian Flores is 41. And I said this about Cliff Kingsbury, but he proved me wrong on it. You know, the jury's sometimes still out, you know, Cliff Kingsbury in his early forties, Flores in his early uh, forties, had a run at head coaching, had some success there, two above 500 seasons at the end, but still fired from Miami. Is he's not a complete... He's not a finished product. And, you know, he's going to be hopefully like the hope is obviously, and you, me, Damian Anderson, Frank Sanders talked about, you know, using the word hope sometimes it, that it's you, sometimes things just don't resonate. But it sounds like Brian Flores, at least in his lone season in Pittsburgh, had had t- made tremendous, I guess, strides in, in talking and communicating with the offensive side of the football. And being being helpful, so I think that Brian Flores, there's there's a lot of good that he did in Miami. There's certainly some red flags, but you know he, he would he would definitely be somebody that moves the needle and and would get this fan base you know energized as far as what the future of the Cardinals organization looks like. If you think Brian Flores doesn't
0: know football, I can't I can't help you. And right. as a, as a fan of this team, and I I I say that with all due respect. And I also say if you don't think he learned an immense amount about being the CEO of a team and a head coach from one Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh right. this year with Great a year point. filled with adversity and young players. I mean, get some help. I, I bet he's a significantly better coach after this season, a nine and eight season with the Steelers talking about ingratiating a new quarterback, a bunch of rookies, rookie rookie ride receiver losing their best pass rusher, right? He lost his best pass rusher, TJ watt. They fixed yeah. it. They were giving up what under 20 points per game in the second half of the season. And you you might just say, well, it's the Steelers' culture, and you might be right, but i, I would I would think that given everything we know about this team and I, I want to go back to one of these comments here, Brandon up in the chat saying albright about confirmed this job is and isn't isn't it is and isn't attractive. And I would agree with that. You, you can't have the season the Cardinals just had and said, we're the bell of the ball of, of right. vacant head coaches, even with this kind of slum that's available. Houston, eh, Denver, eh, you know, what's going on in Carolina. No quarterback, right? Sam Darnold. You, you just have to be realistic and say, maybe you're not being, you're not being compared to these other teams, these yeah. other shit storms. You're being compared to the jobs that aren't open that potentially they may want to pursue. And if you can get a, a coach that had a 10-win season a nine win season and didn't have a franchise quarterback and won despite of his of his front office and now is available and has interest and he's and he's buddies with your new GM and they have this, they're on the same page. I don't know as a Cardinal fan what more you you would want. You can get specific and say, I want Flash in the pan, I want this, I want that, I want an offensive coach. And I get that. But if you're just checking the preliminary boxes of a of a solid foundation, if I'm running uh, you know, an office environment. I'm hiring my own people. I'm bringing in Bo Brock because I have a relationship with Bo Brock. Uh-huh. I'm not keeping the people there. I'm not going out and saying, well, I want it. I want Bo, but I'm going to take, you know, Joe blow over here because, you know, <laughs> he's got, a, he's got a really hot social media page and man, he's, he's really flashy. And you know, I bring him in. He's not a hard worker, right? But I know the work ethic that Bo Brock has. So I, if, if you're Monty Austin Ford, you just, you go with what, you know, and you're hopefully convinced when they sit and meet with him in the coming days, that he's the same person that blew Michael Bidwell away, by the way, in 2018 and has since built off of that strong interview.
1: Right. And the big knock on, on especially the the coaches that come from the Bill Belichick coaching tree is that they try to be Bill Belichick. And, and right. maybe Flores, uh w- that was him in Miami. But, you know, him in, in Pittsburgh and learning from Tomlin, I'm sure, you know, he learned a lot. Uh, more it was a master class as far as communicating and being you know that authoritarian but also being able to connect with your players i mean it's 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 such a fine line that you have to walk that obviously the the previous regime here in arizona didn't know how to they were players coaches to a fault and and you know obviously the expectation of being a professional wasn't enough they needed more from that coaching staff and i think that you would instantly get that from a flores i i still am in the camp that you know, D'Amico Ryans needs to be your top candidate until you get That's uh, uh, an That's interview fair. lined up with Peyton. Uh, Ryans now is my number one candidate, no doubt about it. I think I had him on my list yesterday as my top candidate, uh, for, for the Cardinals and their head coaching vacancy. I still have Peyton. I had him down there at fourth, which I got flack for, but until you get an interview, I'm not really gonna, I'm not gonna really kind of entertain that. Um, but here's why. I mean, Ryan's in, in what he's been able to accomplish. I mean, I mentioned it yesterday, kind of joked about it, that a player said he would literally die for <laughs> for D'Amico Ryan's chip Kelly, who coached with or chip Kelly, who was around a guy like D'Amico Ryan said he could be president Kyle Shanahan, who is, who's well-respected around this league. He knew that it was only a matter of time before Flores, like he knew this as far as the shelf life of him and being his defensive coordinator was going to be short. Uh, right. I mean, there are some very impressive people around football that are saying some very impressive things about D'Amico Ryans that aren't being said about these other candidates. And I just think that the Arizona Cardinals, their best bet, I think their best uh, way in, to expedite a rebuild and to maybe have just uh, a better football future, it's it's best with D'Amico Ryans as their head coach.
0: Well, let's play process of elimination with D'Amico Ryans. But before we do that, Bill Brock, I want to tell everybody here in the chat, first of all, like this video. If you like the interview with Benjamin, you want more content like that, let us know. Let us know how you like underdog fantasy, by the way. It does fantasy sports differently. I've pivoted off a year-long fantasy. I am enjoying immensely my experience on daily fantasy. It does fantasy sports differently. That does underdog. Draft your team against five of your friends, the highest scoring squad, for that night, wins that cold hard cash. Draft six NBA players with no positional limits. You'd be hard pressed to find a couple uh, backcourt players for the Phoenix Suns, but you could try. Uh, and we've had a great experience using underdog fantasy. Like, will I don't know, uh, Brock Purdy hit his higher in interceptions this weekend? Will uh, Trevor Lawrence hit his higher in touchdown passes? All you got to do is dabble with underdog fantasy. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Download the app, Bo. Sign up with promo code, you guessed it, PHNX, and get this. Underdog, if you're a new-time customer, first-time customer with PHNX, it's going to match your first deposit up to $100. So I'm like, yeah, scratch is kind of tight these days. Your first couple bets, they're on Underdog Fantasy. Put in a hundy boom. You get out of hundy. You can go to work. NBA, NFL playoffs. There's no better time, friends, to get hooked up, with our friends at Underdog Fantasy.
1: No better thing than being able to handpick which players you want to kind of bet on, which ones you want to watch, and maybe enhance your viewing uh, experience in an NBA game, as you said, the NFL playoffs, absolutely. and It also goes with uh, being able to pick furniture that you want in your house, your condo, your apartment. And More Furniture's got the best furniture for you, the best options, morefurniture.com. You got the free white glove delivery you got options on no sales tax you got you know interest free potentially through 2025 more furniture has a ton of different options for you whether it's your living room bedroom dining room your kids bedrooms your office your entertainment rooms mattresses whatever you need more furniture has something for you it's time to get rid of that old futon it's time to get it all, rid of that old bark lounger that has too many holes in it and stains upgrade your furniture and do it with More Furniture and get that white glove delivery. Pretty much just tell them where you want it. You're not going to throw your back out by trying to move furniture around like my wife makes me do each and every day. More Furniture is going to help you with that. MoreFurniture.com. All
0: right, let's play. Where will D'Amico Ryans end up? And, um, you know, I thought it was fascinating because we all heard that John Gannon was maybe the front runner with the Houston Texans, and and a lot of people still feel that way to be their next head coach. Um, I think Denver is not a logical fallback spot for D'Amico Ryan's let's say they get Sean Payton or they get Dan Quinn those feel like the two likely hirings for the Denver Broncos so let's put them off to the side here I don't think D'Amico Ryan's wants any part of going to Indianapolis right mm-hmm. with their crazy owner lame duck GM right you don't know who their quarterback is let's put them off to the side so then it's the Cardinals the Houston Texans and the Carolina Panthers well and Bo we've talked about this sounds like Carolina wants to go offense because if mm-hmm. you're going to go defense, why wouldn't you just go with Steve Wilkes? I know it's not apples to oranges, but it really does feel like they're they're staunchly committed with going with an offensive coach. So then, if you put them aside, uh, because they're going to be in the Peyton saga as well, if the Cardinals are eliminated, then it's D'Amico Ryan's is either a Houston Texan or maybe an Arizona Cardinal. So I I think this the fact that he's able to get an interview with the team, and vice versa, the Cardinals are able to get an interview with him. I would say that this this needs to be up there with Brian Flores as, as a likelihood, more so than Vance, more so right now than Sean Payton, because Michael Bidwell knows. Like if he's impressed with Brian Flores, just wait till he's in a room with, with D'Amico Ryans. This right. is, he's gonna he's gonna skyrocket up their wish list.
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. you know, I think Monty Ozenfort will probably be blown away with him, and Osenfort's a yeah. guy who's you know, primarily been AFC his entire career with the Patriots and and with the with the Titans and, and just kind of a cup of coffee with the Texans. So, you know, he's probably not as familiar with D'Amico Ryans, but once he meets him, I think you'll see what Benjamin Solak put in, the, in an article from The Ringer uh, that so many people are so impressed by him. And for Pellisaro to say that the Cardinals have an interview with him this week, later this week, and to tweet that out on a Thursday, you're like, well, there ain't that many days left in this week. So that just kind of by deduction, I think that the Arizona Cardinals will probably beat Ryan's tomorrow, right? Yes, I mean, from what it looks like the, uh, the Broncos now our friends over at DMVR said that, he was going to meet with them in the Bay area tonight. I got to assume that Michael Bidwell is going to fire up the PJ and they're going yeah. to fly out and meet the Miko Ryans. Who's very, I'm sure busy preparing for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys for their Sunday divisional round matchup. But the Arizona Cardinals hopefully meet with them tomorrow and then hopefully are blown away and want to set up a second meeting next week. Um, and, and, you know, look, he'd be an electric hire for the Arizona Cardinals. He'd be a slam dunk for the, hire for for the Valley. For them.
0: For the valley. It, right. would, it would send shockwaves around the Valley where people would immediately
1: pivot off of Sean. Payton. And I, and as far as like the hyperbole surrounding him, it goes crazy for D'Amico Ryans. And that's what you want to energize a fan base. You want to get the same bump that, you know, ASU got from a Kenny Dillingham, but on steroids mm-hmm. at the professional level at the NFL yeah. level. I know don't, don't do that to our our Sun Devils guys. I mean, they're, they're excited about it. They're activating the Valley for I have God's PTSD. PTS, I
0: have PTSD from when the Cardinals fire Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Saul's on the show. Bo's at the facility. Our guy Anthony Toltry's in the chat, who covers the Sun Devils, does a great job saying that Cardinals need to go find their own Kenny Dillingham. Right. The disgust on Saul Bookman's face when he right. put that in the chat look <laughs> it's <was just> like <laughs> now you need a,
1: somebody to guy, energize so. this fan base and and look I like Flores I think Flores would be a fine hire you know but still think there's red flags there D'Amico the Ryans is fresh Demico Ryans is perfect right now if he's going to have any issues he's going to be as an Arizona Cardinals head coach and that's fine with me I want to roll with that guy he's my ride or die head coaching candidate for the Arizona Cardinals now it's like Bidwell, Bidwell, don't screw this up. Also, he fits another criteria for Michael Bidwell. Last time I checked, not a whole lot of follicles on his head. Bald. You know, our guy Bidwell likes a nice bald guy. Look at his last he two GMs. Him. Look at the Ryan's head. Also, Brian Flores is bald, but was it Rod bald Graves bald too? What's that?
0: I think Rod Graves didn't have any here either. Go Google um, Rod Graves. I think he was bald too, or he was almost out of hair. Yeah. Ken Wizenhunt was bald once upon a time. Bruce Arians <laughs> was fucking bald. What is happening?
1: <laughs> That's that great point. The bald. Factor, oh my god, here, Rod. Listen. We did confirm Rod Graves was bald. Uh, oh, so, so last <laughs> six
0: degrees of bald with Michael Bidwell. Interesting dynamic here. Let's let's talk let's talk about the elephant of the room with D'Amico. The Cardinals want to feel wanted, and the Cardinal fan base wants wants candidates who want them. Right. It's easy to turn on people like we've kind of soured on the Sean Payton thing because he put out a yet interest. And then now we don't know if they're going to talk with them and all of his demands are super gross and he could end up in Denver, (laughs) which, you know, we're not happy about, but like Brian Flores would take this job and be excited about this job. We feel like that. Monty Austin Fort probably feels that way. And that's why part of it is like, I don't want to have to convince somebody to take this job. There are 32 jobs as much as a shit show as this season was. The Cardinals, I still think, can be a destination, destination franchise. You 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 get to live in Paradise Valley, right? You get to play in a division with the with the Niners and the Seahawks and the Rams. It's a glamorous division. You I mean, it's a gorgeous place to live. You get mm-hmm. to be paid a premium. And Michael Bidwell kept his last GM for 10 years. We got this Joe Blow from the Bears tweeting out today. That's a terrible job. And Steve Kahn kept his job for 10 years. He had a 500 record. He got an extreme DUI. He didn't get fired. That's a terrible job. I'm sorry. Is it terrible? 10 years of job security and making millions and millions of dollars. And this next coach is going to have a long leash. It's the start of a rebuild. You don't have to be married to Kyler Murray. I just, to me, it's like, you want to go work for Jim or you want to go work in Houston, that disaster of his franchise right now. Carolina, that owner could buy you out tomorrow. Michael can't do that.
1: What it about is- Nashville? What about Tennessee? I mean, it, it, the job that he was reportedly interested in that that Rand Carthon ended up getting as far as Cunningham. If if he wanted to that thing, maybe they, John Robinson had success and was fired. I yeah. mean, it that's that's not a good look for any franchise. That's why I thought it would have been a tough look for the Cardinals to move off of Cliff Kingsbury after last year. I mean, it's just tough when you are successful. For to be appealing to candidates and say, hey, what do I have to do here for you to deem me successful beyond, you know, is it a zero-sum game where it's like, win a Super Bowl or that's it. So I think that, you know, it, it's it's a bit ridiculous. I I don't have any problem. With, I think that it's probably a blessing in disguise that the Arizona Cardinals fell on Monte Austinport. I'm, I'm very impressed. I would rather them go that direction where they want to kind of examine everything, leave no rock unturned, and, and really evaluate a full evaluation of this franchise that's long overdue and, and find the best way just strip it down and then build it back up. Right. And, and it's being stripped down
0: right now. And what yeah. we talk about from earlier this week, it could have been a stuffed animal that sat up there and we would have applauded because it's an external <laughs> hire. And to some degree, I, I I appreciate that with the head coach, too. But I like I mean, just let's just be realistic here. The team had a terrible year. The optics are bad, right? They got to navigate a couple things. Now, they could be in a completely different situation this time next year. They could have cleaned their shit up. Kyler Murray's back. You hit on some draft picks. You're ascending again. This team was ascending two years ago. They were ascending in 2015 and 2014. It will It will get turned around. I do believe that. But you just have to find the right people to get you out of this muck. Like This isn't, and I know the Lions have had a nice run of success this year, this isn't the Ford family. Right, where every year you're at the bottom of your division. Like the Cardinals go through ebbs and flows, and they're probably a middle-tier NFL franchise. Not this year, but they're in that same group with Atlanta and these teams that are competitive, but they haven't won a Super Bowl. So you're looking for that next group to, to elevate you. right? You got elevated by Bruce Aarons and Steve Kahn once upon a time. We've given them their flowers. You've tried quick turnarounds with Steve Wilkes and Cliff Kingsbury. It has not worked out. You need to find people that are here for the long haul that will take these young players that you're going to get in April and beyond and grow them into the cornerstone players like a Budabaker. And it's cliche, but we need more of those players. And the Cardinals under Steve Kim at the end, it was just too much like Hollywood Brown, now, Zach Ertz, now. And we applauded the moves at the time, but it just it didn't fit like a puzzle. And that's what Monty Asenfort said. I'm not looking just to acquire a bunch of great players by name. I'm looking to build right. a
1: team. Right. Jason Krell with the 199 Super Chat. Thank you so much. I thank am you, excited sir. for the new era. No egos. Yeah, that was a big part of Monty Austin Ford's uh, introductory press conference where they want to be unified front. They want to go in the same direction. It feels like from the front office to the roster, the coaching staff, down to the guys who make the the men and women that make the food and the smoothies and and put the lines out there on the practice field and the game field, if they're all unified front, if they're going the same direction – and pay enough attention to the details and everything that goes into being a su- successful franchise together, it's going to happen. So, yeah, you have to be really, really excited about that, uh, the new era of Cardinals football, and um, really just kind of interesting. So we're, we're going to start to hear reports, I would assume, start starting tomorrow as far as Flores' interviews, uh, Ryan's interviews, when they confirm that's going to go down. Gannon and then, and then Gannon and then uh, Aaron Glenn I believe the report was after our show ended yesterday it's going to happen on Saturday so they're yeah. loading up they're not taking the weekends off either this is uh this is something that's going to be uh that they're going to be working on each and every day until they have their next uh, head coach uh it just feels like they're going to go with a defensive guy like
0: Frank Wright I don't think it's, it I don't think it's a serious contender and Sean Payton may never interview they have not they, it looks like they purposely looking at defensive guys. And if you're Vance Joseph, that you can't feel good about that because it's like all those guys are going to become an interview. The resume from this past year is a hell of a lot better than what you had going on. Our resume, gophnx.com, is immaculate with our guy Howard Balzer cranking out content on the red. Check out his most recent content article on Monty Austin Ford. Get it right now. Use the promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Become a diehard at gophnx.com. Get exclusive merch discounts, the exclusive member. Discord, come yell at Bo and I. Bo and I try to stay active on social media, but, man, we're really active. On the Discord, get a free shirt and or hat. Every year you're on the Die Hard membership. All you got to do, go to gophnx.com, sign up today.
1: My mouth is watering. I'm checking out mountainmikespizza.com. Mountain Mike's Pizza, our pizza partner here, goes crazy here they've got their plain loaded oven baked mountain fries can't go wrong with that but here's what they do best is pizza and i saw they're already gearing you up if you're thinking about what do i got to get my significant other for uh for valentine's day they're gonna have those heart-shaped pizzas that's going to be your way into your special someone's heart, maybe even beyond that. Thanks to Mount Mike's Pizza. They got all the pizza combinations you want. You want the traditional, you want the pepperoni, and they've got the tiny ones that fold up. Those those are the best type of pepperoni. Yeah. Those yeah. are the number one seeds. Get out of here with the massive pepperonis. I want the little ones that that kind of become a cup. They got yeah. the Calvin, Kevin McAllister special dish, the plain cheese. They got the create your own. They've got all these different sweet, uh, you know more exotic pizza combinations whatever you want mountain mikes has got it for you check them out of course they've got uh chandler tucson locations of course mesa head over to the website mountainmikespizza.com and that all you can eat lunch buffet it uh it's tough to beat there. new diehards get a 50 voucher upon signing oh. up uh to mountain mikes so there's even uh, more incentive like you needed it
0: Uh, I need it. We went to
1: Dobson (laughs) Ranch
0: for our four peaks event last weekend. And my uh, refined Maricopa palette with the venerable family uh, basically started to steal Mount Mike's pizza. And it was complimentary, but we probably took too much. And I'm like, good hell, what is this? How do I get that where I'm at?
1: How dare you? And Claudia, (laughs) how you insinuate that I eat pizza with a fork? Is that a is that a knock on me? You kind of look it? a little bit like a vibe, maybe your dessert, yeah. your Snickers with a fork and knife. Yeah. Why why I don't do I give off those vibes? No. You do. Okay. Thank you. No, oh, so yeah. if That's if fantastic. someone if someone says that you eat like pizza with a fork, yeah. pretty
0: much like what it means is it's like like you're you just don't know how to act.
1: All right. My etiquette's oh. all my out oh. of whack.
0: Get I, out I, of here, you slob. Eric Smith, five dollars <laughs> super sticker. Thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> What a what a great day! We got Benjamin on two Benjamin Albright breaking news on this show. Our first piece of breaking news since we started this podcast. Exclusive: to PHNX Cardinals defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jonathan Gannon,
1: yeah. is going to interview for the Arizona Cardinal head coach. That's nothing for me. I, I hope I hope that's not their guy. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I love that Benjamin broke that story. But as far as John Gannon, the the the, the head coaching candidate does absolutely nothing for me uh it doesn't like bolster the candidate roster so far for the arizona cardinals and their search you, you jackass that's a, What? That's that's difficult like, i don't think benjamin would benjamin's even saying he thinks he's probably he says a he's the front, run, he's the front yeah. runner for a houston job yeah that's i mean that's who houston identifies and that's what i mean houston is houston so and i'm glad that the cardinals are, are checking in and and maybe we'll talk to him a little bit but it was it was wild. So we were we had our PH and X tea party on Friday, and you yeah. mentioned that they had the mountain mics. It was perfect. It was between the driving range and the the putting green, and I would just go yeah. by and snack. I probably had eight slices of pizza easy. He didn't use a, a knife and fork. Jason Krell. we've
0: been we've been we've been so. You know what's nice about this head coaching search, the GM search, is we haven't had to dive right into draft season yet, and we're going to dive right into draft season. As I mentioned, Bo's going to the combine. We'll all be – well, Bo's going to the Senior Bowl. We're all going to be at the Combine. It's going to be an absolute shitstorm in the best possible way. Benjamin will be there. Hopefully, we get to chat with him in person. But, Jason, $1.99 Super Chat. Thank you, Jason. What are your? Uh, what are you all trade – would you all trade our number three pick? What are your thoughts? I would not um, unless it's to move one spot back and somebody takes a quarterback right above me and three quarterbacks go one, two, and three or two out of the three are quarterbacks. I need to be assured – that you get you exit the first round with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. And the mm. more I go through this process, I want Will Anderson. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm a little fearful if you drop down. So I'm I'm 99% don't trade the pick.
1: I, I think if if Chicago sticks and picks at number one, even though the betting odds say they're overwhelming favorites to trade out of number one overall, if if they stick and pick and they take Will Anderson and the Arizona Cardinals are sitting there and Houston takes a quarterback. And they've got Jalen Carter, or they've got a quarterback-hungry team that they can trade down with. I I don't have a problem with that. I I like Jalen Carter, but I'm not gonna completely just. I I think that if they could get maybe a package of picks to slide down between like Indy or Carolina, if they want and stay in the top ten and get picks, I'm for that. Uh,
0: Jordan Schultz, another friend of the program, Jordan tweeting out. I'm told Schultz. Schultz yes, what did I say? Jordan Schultz saying on Twitter, I'm told Colts owner Jim Irsay believes that Jeff Saturday has the capabilities to be a head coach. That's why Saturday's imposition and why Indy might deliberate and take their time with this decision. Saturday would pick his own staff, which is relayed in his interview. Cool. Things could be
1: worse. Things yeah. could be worse. Cardinal fans. <laughs> he it interviewed today, which I thought was surprising. I mean, it's like, really? He's
0: hire him. Hire him tomorrow. <laughs> Michael Bidwell's looking pretty good right about <laughs> yeah, yeah. now. Next, to old Jimmy Ursay and his guitars.
1: You got Colin Coward day. making fun of Houston that they they look dysfunctional over Zoom, and then you've got Jim Ursay doing running this clown show in Indy. Come indie. on, we can
0: do this. We got this. We just got to wait out and, and, all these disasters. And then franchises. like
1: Denver's got you know Russell Wilson and they're they it seems like they're just in the Dan Quinn Sean Payton conversation. It just leaves like. All, you you, you got to battle out Carolina for a guy like D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, it's because there aren't any other openings. Those are all the openings. Colts, clown show. Houston, circus came to town. Denver, it's, like when
0: you go to, it's like when you go to a party and it's like, what's the guy to girl ratio here? Oh, I'm looking like, a, <laughs> like an eight and a right. half next to these schlubs. Right. Unlike right. last year, there if there's 10 openings and they are the Cardinals, it's like, mm, I might need to sit this one out. Right. Good job, Michael Bidwell. You're an eight right. and a half now in this shit storm.
1: Love still, it. Still got to got to show up in those interviews. You got to you got to impress. Right. I mean, worst case, D'Amico says it ain't a ain't right fit. And uh, going back to coach the number one defense and, and, and kind of just see what comes up next offseason.
0: Well, Joel, that's sweet of you to say. Uh, Jason Krell, we'll get out of here on this $1.99 Super Chat. No more wasted picks, Kime. I'm excited. Thank you so much for the Super Chat. Uh, You should be pumped that Steve Kime does not have his hands on the (laughs) first-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals. We love all of you. It's been a blast today. We're back manana to put a bow on this week. Uh, Thank you to Benjamin Albright, NFL insider, now officially friend of the program, breaking news on this show, for Bobrock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. And uh, everybody enjoy their Thursday evening. We're back tomorrow.